Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Today is a very exciting topic. I'm going to talk with Katrina from Pixels about ABM. Katrina is one of the most experienced CMOs I've ever met. And I'm so crazy excited to hear about your IBM journey. Next one I've met who is very experienced is Stefan. And he was saying, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> listening to her talking about ABM. So get ready. Katrina, who are you? Sure. Um, I think Laura, first of all, I, I have to say, I'm a little bit intimidated that you call this session account-based mastery because I'm not, I just, just leveling expectations here. I'm not exactly sure that's where we at yet, but we have been working with account-based marketing for a while and we are failing and trying and optimizing and doing a whole lot of things. So um, yeah, let's talk about it, but I'm, I'm not sure I want to call it mastery. Okay. Um, but- <laughs> Especially if we can talk about the mistakes and yeah. the learnings, that is what is going to bring us to mastery. Exactly. But Katrina, real quick, sure. about you and Pixels. Yep. So thank you for the introduction, Laura. My name is Katrina. I'm the CMO at Pixels. I've been with Pixels for about two years now. I run a small distributed marketing team. I think we're about we're eight people on the marketing team today. We just um, added another person on Monday. Very exciting. Pixels, for those of you who don't know Pixels, I'm not going to um, go into too much depth about Pixels. What you um, should know is that we are we're empowering photo studio professionals uh, with reliable AI image retouching at scale. So basically what we do, we retouch images for fashion, e-com fashion retailers, the likes of um, Zalando, all the brands at Bestseller, Mango, all these big fashion brands that you probably know if you shop online, which you probably do. So that's our ICP, big e-com fashion retailers. Yeah. And I think for account-based marketing, I think that's what you need to know about Pixels today. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a retouching platform. Basically. And a lot of big brands to work with. So it's like a lot to niche on yes. the accounts you're working towards too. So yes. let's define it. What is ABM, account-based right. marketing? All right. I think we probably, all of us probably heard about account-based marketing, right? And I think a lot of us are doing it in a few different ways. I think what's important to understand just to use an probably overused analogy, but it's all about fishing with a spear instead of fishing with a net, right? So you could say that more traditional demand units like going out there fishing with a net, you're going to get a lot of different fish, right? Like 80% of the fish that you get in that net, you're probably not going to be, are not really that interesting to you. And you're going to have to spend a lot of time Mm. um, filtering through all the different fish or leads that comes in to find the quality that might be in there. Right. So that's more traditional demand gen, whereas account-based marketing, it's like fishing with a spear. When you go out there, you already know that you only go after those big fish that you know are valuable to you. Right. Mm. And you have defined exactly who they are before you go out there. And you don't have to, I mean, of course, you'll have to spend a lot more time and energy, um, like getting those fish, but you won't have to spend a lot of time and energy filtering through 
the leads that yeah. you get in because yeah. you're only going after the, the big ones that you know that are valuable to you. So basically to put it into like marketing language, not talk about fish anymore. Uh, basically it, it means to create customized campaigns for the specific target accounts mm. that you know are mm. valuable to you. Okay. But is it for everybody's like, should every, all of the B2B companies be thinking account-based? Um, of course not. And like I said before, we, we're, I'm not running a huge marketing team, right? We're eight people. Yeah. It's pretty much the same in our sales organization. We don't have a very large sales organization and we target more or less the entire world, right? So we cannot go after everyone and no, I think ABM for everyone, absolutely not. It's only for the big or no, not even not the big, it's only for the B2B companies that are going after very, very large accounts that mm -hmm. can actually take some of their resources and some of their budget to go after the accounts that they know will bring a very large amount of value yeah. um, to to you, right? So only if you have, if, if you're going after very large accounts, I want to say it's something, something for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and of course, large is relative for us we consider account and, and a deal a new deal to be large if we can put a first year value of at least i want to say at least a few hundred thousand us dollars onto it and preferably a little bit larger so we're talking about accounts here that represent the lifetime value of um at least at least a few million us dollars so that that's the size of the account that we are talking about if we are going to put them into an account-based campaign where we're going to actually create and customize content for them so we're only going after the largest accounts it sounds expensive <laughs> and then but in order to go for abm then what do you need to know before you actually start because you can waste a lot of money. Yeah, I think there's two things that you need to know, right? Well, first of all, you need to understand your ideal customer profile. Uh -huh. And when I say understand them and have that defined, it's of course, it's a matter of who they are, but it's also very much a matter of what is the value that these accounts are actually going to bring you. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a very good understanding of that. And for us, the amount of images that one of these e-com retailers have is what matters to us, right? So when we evaluate these accounts, we need them to have a minimum of 25,000 images that they need retouch per year. Uh -huh. So that's, that's one yeah. very important thing to us, right? So that is something that we need to know before we go after them. It's one of our success criteria. So knowing exactly who your ICP is, uh -huh. It's uh, very, very important and the value they represent to you, of course. And then the second thing is, even if you do know who these accounts are, second thing, you need to get your positioning and your communication. You need to have that very clearly defined mm -hmm. and know that that positioning speaks to the ICP. Yeah. If you don't know your ICP well enough, if you're not very, very clear on your positioning and your communication, you will end up spending a lot of time after either going after the wrong accounts or talking to those accounts in, in a language that doesn't speak to them. So I think those are so two prerequisites in yeah. order to start account-based marketing, that you have those two things very clearly defined, your ideal customer profile and your positioning in the market. 
So interesting. And we had a chat before we went live that this will be the next topic that we're going to speak with Katrina when autumn hits. So we yes. can, you can also I could easily spend 30 minutes on how to identify your ICP, how yeah. to build those lists and how to get very, very clear on your positioning. But yeah, we can talk about that another Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And as Stefan is saying in, in the comments, kind of, it's expensive, but it also depends on what revenue you're bringing in. Sure. It can be sure. less expensive or really, really expensive if it fails. So it's yeah. kind of... I think if your lifetime value is um, big enough, right? It's um, you can spend a lot of resources on bringing in just exactly. one account. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about ABM at Pixels. Yeah. So how did it start and kind of walk me through your sure. story? Sure. So like I said before, we have been doing quite different things. I Like I said before, I started uh, Pixels two years ago. And when I started, they were already doing quite a few ABM initiatives. Mm -hmm. But I think back then we were doing... Well, I think there is a few different ways to look at ABM, right? Or at least how there's a diff few different ways of dividing your target accounts. So you could either do a one-to-one -one uh -huh. where you pick one target account that you want to go after and you can spend all your resources on that one account. Uh -huh. It's got to be a big one, right? Mm -hmm. You could do one-to-few where uh -huh. maybe you have a list. And when I say few, maybe you got five or you got 10 target okay. accounts on that list and you're actively going after the account on, on that list, or you can do one to many. But this is where it gets a little bit more tricky because what does many mean, right? For some, um, I, I think a lot of people will put like hundreds and hundreds of a target accounts on a list and mm. then they call it ABM. My wish list. Yeah. Yes. And I don't really think that counts. I mean, no. of course, you can do a lot of things with those lists. You can upload yeah. them to LinkedIn and you can run campaigns. And you could you could say that that is... Of course, it's targeted because yeah. you put your lists up there. I'm also, I'm, I'm absolutely not um, saying that that is not a good tactic, as, that it's not working. I'm just mm -hmm. not so sure that we want to call it uh, account-based. But from, from our perspective, when I first started, we did something of a, I want to say maybe a combination of one to few, one to many approach. Uh -huh. uh, we do have a list, a target account list that we call Dream 100. <laughs> it is very much. Love a, it. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a wish list. And, and that list pretty much consists of the largest e-com retailers that are out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Could be H&M, could be one example, right? We're not actually going after them actively right now. So we can talk a little bit about it. But if you can name a few, that's a wish list. So those, that's an example of, of a, a wish list that we have that nice. we use on LinkedIn. And we create LinkedIn campaigns and we try to divide that into top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel campaigns okay. and, and upload those lists and run those lists toward our Queen 100 campaigns. We'd also do some, try to UTM tag those and show them relevant ads, um, like too little volume coming through for that actually to make sense. But it was a really good attempt trying to also show some Google display ads to those yep. groups. Yeah. What we do now, of course, we do we run retargeting on a lot of that. But um, so that was the stuff that was already in place when I started. Mm -hmm. and, and we've definitely seen some good results from that as well. But we can get back to some of that. One of the things that we've done in the past, I want to say six months, is realizing that we really want to um, go much deeper and, and try to do much more of a one-to-one -one or just one-to-a-few approach. Right. So that's what we've started doing. Mm -hmm. And just like very hands-on, like practically, how do we actually do that? Of course, this is not something that we do on the marketing team 
just by ourselves. I think this is also one of the things that is uh, super important, right? When we talk about account base, we of course need to agree with our sales team on mm -hmm. what are the mm -hmm. accounts that we're going after. And much of the time, I mean, this is actually something that comes from the sales team. Yeah. And also to be completely honest with you, because we do have a relatively small team, both on the marketing and the sales side, the way that we have actually picked the one-to-one -one or one-to-few accounts that we're working on right now, we've not, we've actually looked at, okay, so what are the accounts that we that we're already talking to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's not necessarily just accounts that are all the way up there that have no knowledge of us. We've looked at, okay, what are the accounts that we're already talking to? Kind of low-hanging fruits. Kind of low-hanging yeah. fruits because we know, they know about us already. Nice. How can we, from an ABM perspective or marketing perspective, help the sales team close these deals faster? Nice. So yeah. for us, it's of course, it's about closing the deals, but it's also about accelerating the buying cycle and get them to value even faster. So we've looked at that. So we decided, all right, let's just get, get our hands dirty. We have this one account. It's a, a big group of, of brands, of, of fashion brands. We've sat down uh, with the sales team, a few people on the sales side, a few people on the marketing side, and just did a big brainstorm. So what do we actually know about this account? Because we also invited them to one of the events that we had in LA in the beginning of the year. They they came, a few people from, from the team came, so we've met them. What do we know about them? We, thought, we also did a lot of research, just... Google them, figure it out. Yeah. It's like, okay, we, we found out that, okay, they just built a new big studio. We sent a few people to that studio to talk to them. So what do we know about them? Uh -huh. What are the insights that we have? We, we know that they're concerned about CSR. All right, we'll make sure to maybe look through our CSR pages, up to update those. We know that they're concerned about costs. So maybe we create some content about how to be, be more cost effective. Nice. Uh -huh. um, so we, we sit down, we, we talk about what do we know about them and we create content. It's not, I mean, we don't mention them in the content, uh -huh, of course, uh -huh. but we do know their pain points. Um, we, we know their pain points. So we create content centered around the pain points of this organization uh -huh. and it's large enough that we are able to set up LinkedIn campaigns for at least when you include the group and all the different brands we get to um, so it's retail right we don't want the, all the people working in the stores to see this we want the people working in the studio to see this so we yep. filter that uh -huh. by roles on LinkedIn by roles and and seniority on LinkedIn we make sure that they see those campaigns. And then, of course, we, uh, ha we have our sales team reaching out. And we, of course, try to... So we do a lot of events mm -hmm. uh, so and webinars. So it's also a way of us reaching out, talking to this account without trying to sell to them. Wow. Like in involving them in even... Maybe we even invite them as a keynote speaker mm -hmm. to one of our mm -hmm. events and stuff like that. Just trying to make sure that we stay top of mind without actively trying to sell to them all the time that is really cool because like you're there for the accounts to give them the experience to learn about you but you're not selling to them it's like maybe they're not ready and you have to figure out if they are i love the aspect of sales and marketing collaboration because i've seen a lot of discussions about like abm is just like Sales have been doing ABM all the time. And and, now... it's, and it's, I think it's true to a very large extent that a lot of the tactics and a lot of the things we're doing is uh, things that marketing has been doing forever. It's things that sales has been doing mm -hmm. forever. Um, so I think ABM is really putting that 
into a process and working um, together very closely aligned with the sales team very cool. and also of course focusing trying to focus and also following up and then we try to but i think it's a very good point that all these things that goes into abm mm -hmm. it's not something new it's it's not rocket science it's not a cool new tactic that's going to work it's just yeah. like building a process around all these activities and working very closely with the sales team and then of course the follow-up i mean we've set up notifications in our Slack channels. So every time someone from our target account that we're talking about, they um, come to the website. If they fill out a form, if they take uh, sign up for a webinar, we'll get a Slack notification or the sales person who is assigned to this account will get that Slack notification. So we know there is that we're top of mind. This is really cool. And like before, there is a story that Katrina has exactly about that. We're going to dig into that one. But if anybody has questions, please post them over in chat. We will pick them up as well. We've got 10 more minutes and now it's time for the story about the targeted ones. <laughs> sure. So give us the meat. Sure, sure, sure. So this is, I, I should not take any credit for this because this happened before I started. Um, like sales styles are very long, right? Uh -huh. So also again, list um, or very large e-com retailer in the US on our target account list. Do have target account lists that are in HubSpot. HubSpot, there's an integration between HubSpot and Drift. Drift is our chat system. So every time a target account comes to a website, because HubSpot knows it's a target account, then Drift is going to know that it's a target account. So our chat bot on our website will actually come up and say, hi, name of target account. So nice. that happened. The target account started chatting with this bot. But because it's, it, it's a target account, it's a very, very large retailer. It's top of our list. Our chief growth officer is pinged. Uh -huh. uh, within two minutes, he jumps on that chat. So the go. target account is there no longer chatting with a bot, right? He is chatting uh, with a real person. And well, it was a very long sales journey. And of course, there's lots of touch points that come after that. But because we identified or because Drift identified that it was such an important target account and because our chief growth officer were pinged right away and was like on him right away. Nice. Um, a few, well, I think about a year and a half after that, after, of course, we flew there, took them out. I mean, we, we did all kinds of things, right? Um, there was a little pandemic that came in the way of, yeah. of closing that deal. But that was a one of the first touch points, right? And that was very much because they were on our target account list that he was able to jump on that chat immediately. So cool. And that's where we're kind of binding in technology to it as well. Because, yeah, target lists are nice, like a wish list or stuff. But let's talk a little bit about the measures. So when should you expect results of ABM? Oh. <laughs> Never. <laughs> like, when you close the account. Yeah, and, and that's another very good point. It's absolutely, it's a long-term game, long -term game uh -huh. play, right? It, I mean, for... And that is where dream data comes into play, right? Uh, dream data is going to tell us exactly like how many days from the first touch to value. And for some of our target accounts, to be fair, it took a year or more to actually close them. Mm -hmm. But it was a very, I mean, they're also some of our largest customer today. Um, so I think just from a looking at the value that it took to close them, it, it was absolutely worth it. And I mean, that's also very much what we're trying to do with ABM. Like I said before, it's trying to accelerate and trying to, yeah. to speed up the sales cycles, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And a year is not that much. If you're able to close an ABM, like targeted account that can bring you over a million of lifetime value, well, that's 
that's really worth it. Because I remember from the benchmarks that we just released, it's like the average customer journey from first touch to new business for B2Bs is like just a little bit above 200 days. So a year is nice. We want more of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. And for you, when you're measuring ABM campaigns at Pixels, what what kind of measures are you looking at besides the customer journey length? Mm. How do you measure? Right, right. I mean, of course, the close sale. And when we are working with like one-to-one or one-to-few, I mean, it's actually really not that hard to measure, right? Because something that, I mean, we we have bi-weekly meetings where we talk about the the different accounts and was there any progress, what happened? And um, for these very, very big whales, I mean, we'll talk about them a lot. So it's not like Mm -hmm. we need like a fancy technology to understand what happens. It's something that we, a lot of us keep a very close eye on. Nice, very nice. But I mean, I guess you could say that also other touch points, like inviting them to events, getting them to webinars, all of that is also, of course, a very good measure of success. Just the fact that we are able to stay top of mind, even though a deal has to be closed yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Let's talk a little bit about the failures. That's another thing that we like to talk about. So when testing ABM at Pixels, what do you wish you knew better Back sure. Then, you know, now. Sure. I think just looking at pixels from our perspective, because we're not a huge team, I think probably one of the things that we could have done better, should have done better, but that's it's always easy to look back and say that is it's been it's been me, myself, and then our chief growth officer that has been trying to to run ABM mm-hmm. um, and, and keep that top of mind and drive that forward. And I think, and, and that doesn't just go for ABM, right? It's probably go for most things, right? At least a lot of things when we're the ones trying to do that, it's never going to be very effective because there's, we're always going to be distracted by mm-hmm. like a million other things, yeah. right? So like one example is like we sold pixels last year, right? And if we have to prioritize between like doing management presentations and like selling the company, right? Mm-hmm. And ABM, it's just that, yeah, that, ABM meeting is probably getting canceled again. So again, it doesn't just go for ABM, but I think a learning from me has been that myself trying to drive initiatives like this is not great. So now we I'm very excited that we've hired someone on the marketing side of things so nice. uh, who will be, um, she's our uh, new marketing experience lead and she will be spearheading and making sure that we actually drive ABM forward. And now we also got a someone on the sales side uh, who will be responsible. So I think that is one learning. If we really want to do this effectively, we need experts on the team that are not distracted by a lot of other things. Yeah, like focus, focus, focus. <laughs> focus. And, and then sort it's not distracted. That's really nice. And I think another thing that we did, we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do this Yeah. instead of just like sitting down, getting our hands dirty, doing that brainstorm and actually just getting started. Mm. I think we've been wanting to do this perfectly and have a process in place and, and be, and be able to, to run this smoothly before actually just sitting down and doing the hard work. But wouldn't it also be like a little bit dangerous to waste a lot of money if you don't plan it well? So I'm like thinking, but maybe I mean, you did it right. Of, of course, when you say waste a lot of money for us, I mean, the, I think for at least for ABM perspective, the, the it's actually it's more the resources because it is, of uh-huh. course, very resource heavy when we do yeah. create custom content. But a lot of this content 
Of course, it's customized toward their pains, but it's content that can be used for other accounts and yeah. other campaigns as well, which is of course helpful. But but yeah, I think I think just like just get started, like sit down, like a few people from the sales organization, a few people from marketing, and pick one account. If you know your ICP yeah. and you're positioning well enough, it shouldn't be that hard to pick one account. Yeah. Maybe pick an account that already know about you and just get started. Uh huh. Much easier. Yeah. Real nice. I can see that we've got some questions and I can see that Stefan is sharing for Steve's questions. So we're picking it up and then going to read it out loud. Do you have an outbound component component to your ABM program? We do have an outbound component, but that outbound component is um, helping us uh, reach out about um, events. We're not, we, we don't, we don't do a lot of just uh, cold sales okay. from an outbound perspective. Okay. When we do reach out and it's like cold LinkedIn or cold email, mm -hmm. it's usually with invitations to events or invitations for webinars and, yeah. and content. So it's not, it, I, I don't want to say it's like, it, it's not hardcore sales mm -hmm. outbound. Absolutely. Yeah, because we hear that a lot. It's like ABM is the outbound that people used to do in sales before and, and it still works. So it possibly also depends on the company. Sure. But that's also the about the messaging, the communication that we're pushing out through outbound. Yeah. 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 Very nice. And I can see that Janus has a very interesting question as well. What risk do you see of ABM becoming a bit too much like a stalker? And how do we avoid that? Sure. That's a very good question. I think it's very much about being on point with your positioning and yeah. your communication and your messaging. Because if you make sure that your messaging is relevant and it resonates, mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to be considered a stalker. But of course, I mean, we don't put the name of the target account in our ads. Yeah. We don't we don't follow them around like that. One thing I'd love to do, though, would be especially in the US, right? buy like a huge outdoor uh, uh, yeah, billboard, yeah. billboard like in front of the headquarter of one of these companies right um, and if i think you, if you have like a little bit of a humorous approach to that yeah. i think you can get away with that i'd love yeah. to do that it's something we haven't done but it's something that's we really, talked about that's really um, cool yeah and also of course on linkedin stuff like that um you can you can't target a one-to-one -one. you have to have at least 300 people in that target audience right yeah um so yeah. And you can, uh, like, of course, we look at things like frequency and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Stefan has another que question. How do you balance between selling to and giving value to the accounts that you've selected? Ooh. Positioning. Hard, <laughs> hard question from, uh, is that Stefan? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, to the end of it. I mean, that's a very good question. I think, I don't even know how to answer that. I should have put more thought into that's that. That's all right. I think, I mean, we do, uh, we do see that. I mean, just trying to sell and sell and sell. I mean, I mean, they'll stop responding, right? But if we invite them to an event, if we, we brush their ego by asking if they want to be a keynote, if we want to, if we bring them on to a webinar, they'll respond and they'll get to know us. And all of a sudden, we're there's a much more of a human element in the sales as yeah. well, right? And I think that's key. But I think it's very much going back to like how sales are doing it as well. Because if okay, I'm a salesperson and I'm constantly going after, okay, you're an ICP. I want to sell to you, but this is like me, 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 sell mm. to you. But if I'm trying to find the ways to start the conversation with a person, possibly not even like bringing too much value, but just to start a conversation and then later finding out just like you did with the other client, what is it that they value? Mm. What is it that we can bring a value? 
And then at a point you have to pop a question. It's like, should we meet relevant or yeah. should we just stop all this? Yeah. And then kind of, it becomes more of a conversation possibly, I would guess. All right. We've got one more last one. And then we're going to stop this. How to make sure you stand out when so many other B2B companies are also doing ABM to the same accounts. Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'm a little bit lucky there because we're in an industry where that is not actually the case. Mm. We're in an industry where we are trying very hard to position ourselves as thought leaders. There is no one else. I think we are very privileged in the sense that there is no one else doing events for this target group. So I think we are very privileged in the way that we get to own this niche of what what we do and like these events of bringing the community together. Um, So I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, I think if I were selling to marketing, if I were selling to CMOs, I mean, that would obviously be much harder. But I think a great way of standing out is is the human aspects, right? Such as social selling. And and again, I'm going to have to revert back to it's the communication, it's the positioning, it's knowing knowing your target group and what they care about and then again i think a lot of companies are making the mistake of having of not narrowing their icp down enough Mm -hmm. having like a very very broad icp trying to target everyone and i think if you are brave enough to narrow your icp like down to a very narrow icp it's going to be much much easier to speak to them and to communicate to them effectively yeah and i think that's important and a way of standing out instead of trying to be everything to everyone yeah i think that's that's very very important and you're much more human and you know what values they value and what kind of language do they prefer as well there there are so many aspects in this great thank you so much everybody for today's session. Thank you for engaging. If you have any questions, even if you don't, connect with Katrina. Everything she's posting on LinkedIn is like, okay, I'm exaggerating. It sounds like I am all the time, but what you're writing on LinkedIn is always so like well thought through. It's not just like a message that comes out every (laughs) single day for something short, but it's really, really cool. So go follow Katrina. You're not going to regret this. Thank you, Laura. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.